Hi, I'm Ethan. I love muzzleloading. Today, we've got another hunting episode to line up with the uh, American hunting seasons going on right now. We're talking with Blake Bates about his first successful black bear hunt in the mountains of Arkansas. He's using a, a side lock percussion muzzleloader here. And uh, I just like to thank Blake for coming on and sharing his story with us. Let's jump right into it. My name is Blake uh, Bates. I live here in Arkansas, uh, Charleston, Arkansas, to be exact. We've been muzzleloading hunting here. It's over now, but did you guys have an early season there then? Well, it's just one season. It's just we just have one season, and okay. I think it's uh, it's like a week, maybe two weeks long. I don't know the exact dates on it. But. The hunt that we're really talking about, I think, here is your black bear hunt. So, is that yeah. muzzleloader season exclusively for bears, or does it go into other game as well? No, it goes into whitetail deer mm-hmm. and uh, black bear is just kind of a bonus tag. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, the unit, the area that I was hunting, don't have a quota on it. It's a different zone. Okay. Uh, the one up north has a quota put on them, but the zone I was hunting, they don't have a, a quota on there. So you're, it's open all the way till I think the end of rifle season. I'm not exact on that, but hmm. I'm, I'm kind of new to it, you yeah. know, if it comes to black bear. So how long have you been interested in muzzleloaders and, and then hunting with them? So I haven't, I've been interested in them since I was a little kid. My grandpa and my dad and them used to get together before muzzleloader camp and they'd pour the old maxi balls and mm-hmm. stuff for their muzzleloaders. It's just a big deal. Um, <clears throat> I never got to go with them you know because that was more of their time and then later on in life that i started getting to go uh but i've been in i i don't know i've been around muzzlers all my life i just recently got really into muzzleloaders because i wanted my kids to start shooting and stuff Mm -hmm. and uh, we had the arkansas muzzleloader association and the kids they feel I got four kids. They love it. <laughs> they all shoot uh, the wife shoots, and it it uh it's just a really fun experience. And I wanted to go back to kind of I guess you call it primitive ways, mm-hmm. you know, instead of the inlines or something. I'm not knocking them or nothing, but it's just more exciting for me. Yeah, I think there's a certain challenge with it. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Let's talk about the muzzleloader that you've got here in this picture. What are, what were you using for this hunt? And then we'll kind of go to the, the day of the hunt and, and talk about your okay. season some. Yeah, uh, that is a Thompson Center Greyhawk. Uh, it's a 50 caliber, and I used a the old school Buffalo uh, bullets through it. Hmm. They're actually a Sabbath bullet because I... I I knew there was bear in the area, mm-hmm. and I wanted something with some extra punch, so I knew I had a lethal shot and kill with it. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, I bought that thing at a pawn shop. I don't think they make those anymore. It's just a side lot. Yeah. Uh, I was surprised to hear that it's a Thompson Center because I've not seen you know a side <laughs> lock Thompson Center in many years now. Yeah, I've, that's the first one I've seen. I, I picked it up at a pawn shop and uh, for a reasonable that's the beautiful thing about a muzzleloader you can the used ones you may have to work on them a little bit but you can get them for a reasonable price you know oh, yeah yeah they're definitely a good budget <laughs> to, to get into it now when sure. you start talking about powder and, and caps and bullets you know <laughs> it starts to add yeah, up but... <laughs> yeah that gets a, that's a whole different story we're all struggling there yeah so what what, what powder were you using in this were you using a substitute or were you using uh, real black powder 
No, real black powder. I was using Go X. Nice, uh, nice. Yeah, uh, 2F. I used 90 grains, and that's a 225 grain bullet that I was shooting. And uh, boy, it did the job. Yeah, man. So, what was it like planning for this hunt? Did you have to draw this tag, or, or was it just going out and purchase no, a license? Uh, just a license here in Arkansas. Uh, I've been a resident here my whole life, so it's just just a deal. Uh, I've been hunting for, you know, since I was, I killed my first deer with a bow at 11. And so it's been a while since I've been hunting, and that's the second bear I've seen in the wild here in the Arkansas mountains. Wow. So it took me a while to get on to it, but I, uh, I've been hunting, you know, this whole time, but I never really put emphasis on the black bears. Mm -hmm. uh, but I wanted something new in the past, like three or four years. I've really started watching like Clay Newcomb's uh, videos on YouTube and okay. listen to his podcast and stuff like that. And he hunts here in Arkansas too. And I, I now started noticing the terrain and stuff that he hunts in. Well, where I'm hunting, it, the terrain looks identical. So hmm. I actually put up game cameras this year in the National Forest, which is legal to do here. And uh, lo and behold, we have a a low acorn crop, I guess you might as well say. Okay. And uh, they burnt that off there, and it, I guess it killed the musky dime. So it's just left spotty white oak acorn trees around. And uh, But, yeah, it, it's definitely... A, Definitely a good year for bears. So were you, you, you said you had these cameras out. Were you kind of watching this bear for a long time and, and trying to figure out what its patterns were? Or, or was it just kind of a going out in the morning and finding him? I guess I could go into it. We have a muzzleloader camp. All the guys go there in my family, and they've been doing that since, uh, shoot, like I said, I was 11. I mean, they did it before then. So it's mm -hmm. been just a tradition of our family to go to muzzleloader camp. And I'm, that's, I'm, I'm, I love muzzleloaders. I'm talking like I have a bad addiction. <laughs> I'm, up, I'm up to 20, which ain't a lot to some people, but. Yeah, that's a fair I'm, amount, I'm, man. Yeah. I got all the way to 1860, uh, what was no, 1851 Saxon's rifle, which is a rare military mm -hmm. gun. But, uh, but anyways, uh, yeah. Uh, so we went over there and I put the cameras up probably, a month before season and didn't go check them. And a week before I checked them and man, I had quite a few deer and I put two cameras out. Both cameras have bears on them. Mm. And my brother was actually with me too. And he put two cameras out and he had two bears on his. <laughs> so <laughs> the bears were in there like yeah. for sure this year. That's great. Wow. Yeah. So were you kind of just at, at your muzzleloader camp and, and got up. Could, yeah, uh, could you walk me through the the day that you brought him down a little bit? Yeah, I'll just take you in the whole weekend. We yeah. so I actually planned. All right, I I planned my whole year on this hunt. I mean, this is what I don't care if I kill a deer this year. I, I brought the tarp, you know, to clean mm -hmm. the bear. I brought my game cart, uh, exacto knives, everything. My uncle's a taxidermy, so I I kind of know what to bring to clean a bear. Cause he's, he's taught me how to do that. Well, uh, so we go out, me and my brother, we hunt this one ridge way back in the mountains. We go about a oh, mile to three miles back in there. And, uh, we went Saturday, we, we got there Friday, but we went Saturday morning 
and it was about nine o'clock. I ain't seen nothing. The mm. wind was horrible. It was just swirling. Uh, weather was weather is great. It's just swirling where I was in the in this big, you know, in the Ozark. Well, not the Ozarks, but the Washita National Forest. It's just got these big valleys that it's just you know mountain terrain. Mm-hmm. Well, it was just swirling, bad wind. And then about nine o'clock, my brother texts me. He said, I just shot a bear. And I'm like, that's crazy. You know, like, <laughs> he, he, so he ended up, he ended up shooting a bear and I quit hunting. I get to him and we get out. And that was Saturday uh, morning. Uh, yeah. Saturday morning that afternoon we went and he seen a couple deer and I didn't see nothing. And I, and I got back to camp and we had the, Oh, you know, the camp stories going on and this oh, yeah. and that. And I, I tell myself, if that wind's not right, you know, so Sunday morning is the next morning because we only camp for that weekend. And I go out. It's a lot warmer that day. Uh, I had low expectations of seeing anything. The wind at about, so I get out there before, you know, right, right before daylight, get in the tree stand the wind starts blowing exactly the wrong direction again. <laughs> so I sit there and sat there till eight o'clock. And I said, I can't take it no more. I said, I know this wind is messing me up. Mm-hmm. And I know there's animals in here because there's multiple pictures of them. Well, I wanted to see what's on top of the mountain. So I get down and I take off all my heavy clothes and I'm just in uh, my uh it's just some brown like Carhartt mm-hmm. pant and a t-shirt because it, it's warm. I mean, it's like probably 60 something degrees. And if you go to stock and, you know, it's, it's not, it's really easy to get hot in those mountains. Mm-hmm. So I climb this mountain and I go up it, I don't know, probably a half mile. And I actually found some, uh, some sign up there, but it's all kind of old, you know, and mm-hmm. I, and I've got recent pictures of these bears that was in there. Actually, a couple different cameras had different bears. But so I go up the mountain, I cross the ridge. Or there's a, a real rock. Uh, it's like a dry, I guess a dry run creek is what you'd call it. I mean, it's just a real rocky, but it looks like a creek bed, but it's on side of a mountain. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you'd really call it, a rock slide or what. But so I, I, I'm just following, walking up the mountain to it. I finally get up to what I think's the top. I'm not hundred percent sure if that was the top. And I kind of quit running out of acorns and stuff. And I was like, well, I got to stay in the acorns to find the game. So because it's such a scarce year this year, we mm. had an early frost. Okay. So I, I jump across when I jump, I go across that Rocky Ridge and I'm on top of the mountain over there and not seeing much. So I was like, well, I'm going to make my way down the mountain to my other camera and at least, check the card in it and see what's going there. You know, if there's still something there, I'll stay another day. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to see what uh, the opportunities are. Yeah, exactly. So I start flipping down that mountain real quiet, you know, just going uh, 20 yards, 50 yards, stopping and listening. I go a little ways down. I get about halfway down the mountain and I'm on an old logging road. And I hear a, a, what I thought was a rock go plop, 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 you know, just kind of tumble around. I was like, mm-hmm. all right, there's something in these woods because it was dead quiet. I mean, it was just a light breeze, but it, was, it wasn't the right breeze for to hunt that tree stand. 
Well, I noticed I'm on the same level as my tree stand was. And that whatever I heard, I thought was in that little dry creek area. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm walking down through there and I stop and I look to my left and I look to my right. And when I do, there's a bear standing probably 80 yards to the woods looking (laughs) around. I was like... Oh man! I mean, my I just immediately said, "Thank you, God." At least I seen a bear <laughs> for what I'm hunting. I mean, it's that scarce to me, you know. Mm-hmm. I was just going crazy. I was just, I was just probably I sat there for a couple minutes just looking at it, you know, just admiring <laughs> it, admiring it, you know. And uh, so it kind of eases back down and goes to feeding, and that thing is coming pretty much my way. And I, I. uh I, I'm sitting there, you know, I'm I'm shooting iron sights, you know, and I wanted to make this shot good. And I noticed there's a little dead cedar tree about uh, five, six inches around. And uh, I'm kind of start slipping towards this bear that's coming my way. The wind's perfect, you know, blowing right in my face. So I know he's not, well, she's not going to smell me. I get up there and lo and behold, I look up and that bear is sitting there just staring at me. And I'm like, how in the world? I ain't made a noise. I ain't went five yards, you know? So I, so I just crouch down real slow. I crawl to that cedar tree. One that I, I come up on side of that cedar tree and she's still just sitting there. And I, I got a perfect shot right at her, you know, chest right mm-hmm. there. And I'm, at that range, it's, at this point in time, she's probably 60 yards from me. Well, I got on that cedar tree and I took a fine bead on her and and let it let it let the old hammer fly. And then uh, I didn't know what happened, you know. It, you got that big cloud of smoke, yeah. Yeah, that big cloud of smoke, and then it you know it went out forward, and then the wind's blowing it back, so it's like it like extra hang time in that smoke, you know. <laughs> You're just sitting so, there, your heart's pounding, and <laughs> oh, I I'm talking, I can hear my heart in my ear, like. Yep. My heart's in my ear. I can't hear nothing, but my heart going, boom, 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 boom. you know, I'm just going crazy. And I'm, so I quickly reload. And when I'm reloading, I'll look up there and I can see a black, like a, you know, a black edge of her. And I see her kind of go over because she's on this little finger that comes down the mountain. Mm-hmm. She's right on top of it. And uh, I guess when I shot her, she didn't go anywhere. She just dropped right there. I didn't get a death moan or nothing. I mean, it's just wow. that quick. Yeah, just real quick and humane shot, you know. It just mm-hmm. This podcast is brought to you by Thor Bullets. Thor Bullets are a premium full-bore muzzleloader bullet designed specifically for modern inline rifles. Thor Bullets do not require plastic sabos or belts to be fired, meaning less cleaning for you between shots. The patented copper base creates an airtight seal, giving you greater distance and accuracy. Thor's unique engineering allows the bullets to retain 95% of their weight upon impact, and the controlled expansion ensures large, easy-to-follow blood trails. Thor bullets are currently available in a 50 caliber version that is sized to your specific bore. Thor is also expanding into a new 45 caliber bullet designed for faster 1 in 24 and 1 in 22 twist inline rifles. For more information on these great bullets, visit www.thorbullets.com. We'd like to thank Thor Bullets for their sponsorship of this podcast. I had my old uh, Navy revolver with me, the six shooter, because you could carry uh, another pistol with you for you know a backup gun okay i was wondering about that yeah it's it's legal in arkansas to 
to carry one, but you gotta you can't just go hunting with. It has to be a certain grain bullet and a certain length of barrel. Mm. You can't just go hunting with the the, the revolver, you know, by yeah, itself. Right. It's not legal, but you can use it for a backup. So I quickly reload my uh, 50 caliber Thompson Center Greyhawk, and I'm flipping up through there, and I got the pistol on the side ready because I don't know, I, I don't I don't know what's happened. You know, I I seen the edge of her, but I didn't know if she's still alive or not. So. I go up the hill a little bit so I can look down on the there. And as soon as I crest the hill, I could see her there. She wasn't moving or nothing. And I got up to her and poked her a couple of times and she was, she was done for. She, hmm. she didn't, she never, she what I seen is when I shot her, she just rolled a couple of times down the hill. But yeah, it just, tears of joy then. I mean, oh, I'm yeah. talking. Yeah, he was just amazing. I mean, I waited, I guess you could say, you know, 10, 10 or 20 years to, to for that moment, you know. It was just an amazing deal. And then for my brother to get one, too, the same weekend, that's his first bear. And uh, it was just a great weekend. Nobody killed a deer, just those two bear that weekend. <laughs> well, it sounds <laughs> like it was it was well worth it, and the, the bear memories oh, yeah. will be plenty for sure. Oh, yeah. That's for sure. So what was it like? You know, what do you think about looking back on it? Was it everything that you'd hoped for? It was, it was everything I hoped for and more. I mean, because I didn't necessarily want going into it. I wanted to stock, you know, spot and stock a bear. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to shoot it out of a tree stand. Just That's just my idea of, you know, Daniel Boone walking around. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he, that's, he did that a lot, you know. Uh, just he never just bought in stock you know and just it was just amazing is everything i could imagine it was the picture perfect weekend for a bear hunt mm-hmm. that i i could imagine you know but it was it was definitely a, I, I just hope it happens again <laughs> yeah I say. yeah now you're ready for the next one oh yeah yeah i hope so hopefully it'll be with my flintlock oh yeah i hope we get a I'm trying to save my pennies to get a Kibler kit, um, plant lock. That's, yeah. that's what I really want. But I, I love mine. I, I think yeah. listeners of the show will know. I'm just, I am in love with my 40 caliber. I got the, the Southern mountain rifle. Okay. And I think at some point I'll have to build one of the colonials, but, uh, I yeah. got to save my pennies. Like you say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Those things uh, there, I, I guarantee you they're worth it though. Uh, Oh they, yeah, those, those locks seem really fast. Just watching, and I've seen a couple out of the Arkansas shoots we have, mm-hmm. and they're just really quick. But yeah, I, I definitely love the primitive stuff. I make my own bows and oh, stuff really? like that. Yeah, that's awesome. A little bit, and yeah, I I, uh, I enjoy that type of stuff. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like it you're a, a real true outdoorsman here. Yeah, I, I like to. I like to think I am. I'm just like everybody else. Have to work for a living, but yeah. uh, it does. Uh, I definitely is my. It's one of my passions. Man, that's great. So yeah. I'm in northern Indiana, so we don't have any bears. Um, <laughs> but oh, man. I guess I have a couple questions. Like, do you know what it weighed? And then what do you do to get the bear out? Then yes, uh, it weighed 190 pounds. Okay. And I don't know her age yet, but I do know she only had three teeth, her canine and two molars on one side of her jaw bone. I, she's, I don't, I don't know. I, 
I don't know much about a bear. Like I said, this is my first one, but I'm going to say she's pretty old. She was a good one to take. She's definitely way past her prime. I okay. mean, she, she's way, you know, losing her teeth and stuff and like that. And then and how we got her out, we just used a, uh, game carts mm-hmm. and uh, we have bicycles. We hook up to them and we just uh, go down those logging roads and just bike them out. Okay. And it is That's a awesome. chore. I yeah, bet. it's man i i I was sore for the next it took me a week to get over all that <laughs> <laughs> yeah it we was definitely we was definitely dragging dragging our bones that's for sure man that's so cool yeah. dude i i I saw how happy you looked in the pictures, but hearing the story is makes it all the better that's just great it, that that was my number one arkansas want to do on the you know to do list the top of the deal uh like clay newcomb said it's it's like the uh sheep hunt of the south <laughs> <You know? laughs> okay yeah you know that he he quoted that that he's a pretty pretty cool feller i'll have to check him out I, i'll have to admit i'm not uh, yeah, not too he, familiar uh, with he's him he's the editor of uh uh bear magazine black okay. bear magazine yeah he's in with uh that meat eater uh, oh, okay Jeez, I can't think of his name. That's bad of me. But uh, Steve. Steve and Renella. Yeah, okay, thank you. The two of yeah. us together, we've got one working brain, I think. <laughs> I, I'm just as country as you can get. I mean, that, <laughs> yeah, it, that's that's definitely hunting's my stronghold. Books is not really. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. So what's next then after this bear? Is it another bear or you got something else planned for the hunting you're season? Only, you're only allowed one one per season here in Arkansas. Okay. A, yeah. Uh, so what's next now is to get, I guess I'm going to go after some deer in the mountains with deer because muzzleloader season went out, but I can use a muzzleloader during the rifle season. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> I don't think I'm going to take my rifle over there. I'm going to try to, I want to get a good whitetail buck. It really with a, I got just a kit Thompson Center flintlock. Mm-hmm. I, I, I need to shoot it some more to get it dialed in to where I know when I put it on, it's going to hit where I aim. Yeah. Um, it's about there. I just need to spend some more range time with it. But yeah, I hope to get a good, good whitetail deer and then get my kids. Uh, my boy killed his first buck with my, uh, I have an inline that I inherited from my dad when he passed away. And uh, I'll let the kids shoot that during deer hunting because, you know, it's scoped and it's more ethical and easier for them to use. Yeah, well, that's great, though. You're getting them out and, and getting them started. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They, my Well, my oldest boy, he killed his first deer with a that same muzzleloader. And Hunter got his first buck with that muzzleloader. I just hope to get them... I, if they want to do it, that's fine. But I just wanted to get their foot in the door, kind of like when I was around my dad and them, that they would keep the tradition going. You know, yeah, we need more kids in it so we could keep it, keep it alive. Yeah, I think it's really important to keep yeah. uh, any time you can get a kid to spend outside and out in the woods. I think is fantastic. Oh, yeah. so I'm happy yeah, to hear so- that you're doing that. Yeah. Well, is there something else you'd like to talk about or, or uh, you know, say to anybody out there listening, any anything you want to, you know, pimp out or, or re- represent? <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I just want to tell everybody that, you know, 
look around your states. There's, I didn't, I didn't even know there we had a, my whole life, I didn't know we had a Arkansas muzzleloading association. There's the National Muzzleloader Association and stuff. I didn't know that even existed until, I guess, two years ago. Yeah. Um, until I started listening to your podcast and mm-hmm. different other stuff. And I'm like, wow, there's like other people like me. <laughs> you know? So, you know, I just, uh, if anybody's out there listening to try to join up with those, those groups, it it's definitely, you'll, you'll meet some of the best people you've ever met in your life. You know, you make some really lifelong true friends. Yeah. With it. Um, and they know so much. Yeah. Yeah. I'm talking knowledgeable. They, they'll they get you and in, in willing to help. That's a mm-hmm. hard trait to find anymore. You know, somebody willing to help you out with something that seems like um, everything kind of slows down and everybody just has fun. You know, it's just. Yeah, it's great. Very, very nice. I mean, yeah. a lot of us are really blessed and fortunate to kind of grow up with muzzleloading but i think sure. the, the community itself is out there if you didn't grow up in muzzleloading and you can find somebody yeah. out there who is more experienced with it they're going to take you right under their arm and and show oh, you how yeah. to do it and yeah. you won't skip a beat no not at all <laughs> yeah not at all but uh yeah i i i guess i'd like to thank my uncle you know he runs Benz's taxidermy here in Arkansas and he's on how, uh, get my mare bear stuffed and go from there and do that. But are you doing anything with the, with the meat? Are you cooking down the fat or uh, anything? Actually I did it. Okay. I I come out with 35 pounds of meat and which is exquisite to me. I'm, I'd rather have it over than whitetail deer any day. Hmm. It's very good. Okay. Uh, and then I got 25 pounds of fat that I rendered down, and I got probably around three gallons of uh, bear, what they call bear grease. Yep. And it's <laughs> my wife loves French fries and bear grease. I'm telling you, <laughs> what, and I don't blame her. But man, it's 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 something else. It's just a different. Is it's it? a real clean taste. There's no gamey taste to okay. it or anything. You I, I would have figured the opposite. Yeah, I, I did too. I was kind of scared into it, and we uh, made some hamburger helper there at the bear meat, and it was really good. And then uh, we made burgers with it, and it's really good. So, man, I don't know what a boar would taste like. You know, uh-huh. I, I hate that mine was a sow, but being first bear, you know, I just from now on I'll try to look, you know, try to make the herd grow. You know, but, yeah. Well, it sounds like, like you said, it was uh, it was an older bear. You know, it was a good one to yes, to, yes. to take. You know, so yeah, she was she was an older one, and yeah. Um, so you got a, a clean ethical shot. You know, there's no pain, no suffering, just puff and done. The uh, I actually kind of got disappointed. Uh, I got her home, well, got her back to camp, and started cleaning her. Well, I metal detect a lot for like Civil War relics and stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So I go to looking for the bullet because everything in this bear is sentimental to me now. You know, yeah. like I saved the bones. Uh, the, I, there's very little that I wasted. I got I've gotten most of everything. I can make stuff. Uh, you know, I can scrimshaw on the bones and make knife handles out of them mm-hmm. and do stuff like that. And uh, but I was disappointed because I couldn't find my bullet because I it, I never found an exit hole. Well. 
when I went to process, I processed my own meat. You know, I don't really take mine anywhere to do it because I've, I don't know. Because you're the up. real deal, man. That's why. Yeah, I, 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 I grew up. My dad, he was very, he showed us how to do, do it all, you know. And then even my uncle showed us how to cape, cape them out and all that, you know. So the bear is ready, literally ready to get out flesh and which I'll do that pretty soon. And then, uh, ready for the tan, he will tan it and stuff. I'm not real good at tanning. I've done a few beavers, but not, not real good at it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, my bullet deal, I finally, when I was processing it, I found it and it was lodged back in its left, uh, ham. Really? Back there. Yeah, it was just I was I was like it's complete. <laughs> I, was so, I was so excited. I have everything that I ever could ask for. You know, yeah. uh, praise praise to be God. You know, yeah, but, man, that's awesome. What did the, yeah. what did the bullet look like? Was it pretty flared out then? Yes, it was really. It was a uh, like I said, it was a sabot. Mm-hmm. Of course, it wasn't traditional. You know, patch and round ball, and I, I but I wanted and I, I wanted. A for sure, you know, good wound channel. So yeah. that's why I chose that. Yeah, there's and a reason that we went a, into them. At 100 yards, that gun shoots those things like a laser. I'm talking <laughs> even iron sights. I'm talking that thing is just a tag driver. So, uh, yes, it did. It mushroomed out probably twice the size. I didn't weigh it to see if it kept its weight retention, but it's it's right there. I guarantee it didn't lose five grains off of it. But, yeah, it's... It's the size of a, you know, probably, oh, it might be close to a quarter. I mean, it really did its job. Man, that's awesome. It was a dream come true weekend for me. <laughs> my next on the list is I want to kill a mule deer with my muzzleloader. And then the one, if I ever become a millionaire, I'm going to go after a moose. That's oh my yeah, number, That's my number one with the muzzleloader. I think that'd be something else, man. There's such yeah, a... That- big animal no just just i have so much respect for those animals Mm -hmm. you know of course all the animals i do but even even those those big moose man it's just they they're just beautiful yeah they seem kind of otherworldly at times yeah yeah they're they're just beautiful there's all there is to that (laughs) sure you're well aware everybody's always arguing about you know, how much powder you should use or what kind of bullet or anything. And sure. I think it's great to show people what, what has worked and what has worked really well. Like, like it has for yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It, uh, it, it did his job. You know, I'm, I'm not a big, I'm on more of accuracy than I am on how many grains of powder it is, mm-hmm. but it, there's a fine line there too. You know, I don't shoot anything less than 65 grains um for hunting wise but yeah I, I bumped this one up to 90 and it shot i mean just like i said like a laser uh 100 it kind of started getting a little a little it started spreading out a little more mm-hmm. than i liked so i was trying to go for the maximum and still keep my accuracy and then that's how i judge you know on what i'm going to use for a game load based on what I'm after. But. Do you have any advice for anybody out there that's, uh, you know, looking to get into muzzleloader hunting or has been for a while without much success? What would you recommend? Just getting out there and spending a lot of, a lot of time. Uh, 
spend a lot of time with your muzzleloader. Get to know it and get comfortable, you know, at a at a range you're comfortable with and then go find you a hunting place at that range. And don't I usually try to keep if I'm a comfortable at 100 yards, I won't hunt a spot that I can see 300 yards in. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I think that's where a lot of people try to overshoot from what they're comfortable with and never get nothing, you know, and just to be ethical and make that good, good, clean, clean shot. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And just look for somebody that's in it that, you know, you'll, you'll have to do some little searching because we're kind of few and far between, it seems like, but it, uh, you'll definitely find a guy that, you know, if you're in Arkansas, look me up on Facebook and I'll, I'll give you all the help I could do and maybe give you the gun to go try to <laughs> try to make it happen with. But Man, that's great. Yeah. I love to hear that. I don't know if that kind of answers your question. It does. A little bit yeah, that was perfect, yeah. man. I, I really appreciate that because it's, you know, I, I don't hunt as much as I'd like. Uh, we just really got yeah. whitetail and I hunt a lot of squirrels. Um. Yeah. <laughs> that's, what, uh, that's what I'm about to start start switching over to. I got a 32 caliber uh uh, I guess it's a, I don't, I guess it's a Crockett. Yeah. Okay. Is that from uh, traditions? Yeah. yeah traditions yeah. Crockett. That thing's a tight driver too. I mean, my traditions hawking is too. I, I can't believe yeah. how well it shoots. Yes. I mean, I bought, for... that's, that's the first one I bought new was that my wife actually got that for me. And that thing is just insanely just, I just can't get over it. <laughs> yeah. For being it's the entry level muzzleloader right now, they're yeah. just crazy. It's just yeah. I know with that gun, if I miss a shot, it's all on me. There's no excuses. Yep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's that's a that's a that's a good thing to to be. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love like you say the swiftness of that Kibler lock, but man, that traditions yeah. it's dead on. Yep, I, that's something I'm trying to get into. I, I find myself getting into more as I'm wanting to get into flintlocks a little more and mm-hmm. I'm gonna, I'm going to hold out cause I got, I got that one and then, uh, I'm gonna hold out till I can get enough money saved up to get me a Kibler kit and kind of do some engraving and stuff on it. Yeah, man. Hopefully, but yeah. Well, maybe, uh, maybe if we've been good this year, one will be under your tree. <laughs> that would be that will be a, a surprise in itself like seeing a bear in the Arkansas mountains <laughs> I'd like to thank Blake again for coming onto the show it was kind of spur of the moment reaching out to him seeing if he wanted to talk about it and share his story and uh, it was great to connect with him here over the phone and hear him retell the tale and, and hear the passion in his voice I mean I, I mentioned it in the episode there but Blake is a true modern outdoorsman. I, th- I think it's great to see him out here hunting, hunting with his family, continuing his own family traditions, continuing these muzzleloading traditions, and also passing them down to his kids. I think, you know, that was kind of a little side note that he threw in, in the conversation. But that's really, I think, one of the most important things that I'm taking away from the conversation that, you know, Blake is an adamant muzzleloader. He loves muzzleloading, like he said there, and he's making sure that his kids are exposed to it too, to help carry on this great tradition. So I can't thank you, Blake, enough for for coming onto the show, but more importantly, for carrying on this tradition and and keeping it going uh, with your family there and with your friends. 
to go along with the muzzleloader hunting seasons that are opening up. Uh, I love muzzleloading here. We're doing a muzzleloading giveaway each month. You can email us your muzzleloader hunting photos. At the end of the month, we're going to pick three winners out of three different classes. That's one winner per class, one out of the traditional class of sidelock pre-1900 muzzleloaders. The other being a modern muzzleloader. That's going to be 1985 and ahead, really, with... Um, you know, kind of the modern inline muzzleloaders, and then a youth class, which is anybody really under the age of 18 that's out there hunting with their muzzleloader. So you can email those to us at ilovemuzzleloading at gmail.com, or you can tag us on social media, and I'll enter you automatically in that drawing. I think there's something special about muzzleloaders and then hunting when we think about this connection uh, to kind of our ancestors. I mean, muzzleloaders have been feeding people for hundreds of years now, and I think it's great to see like I said, folks like Blake, folks like Katie that we've talked about, Eddie Davenport, out here continuing that tradition, not because they have to, but because they want to. You know, they, you can very easily go out and get a modern rifle, shoot out to 300 yards with a scope, you know, really no problem. But, um, you know, there's something about muzzleloading that keeps bringing us back here, and uh, I think that's really special. So if uh, if you're listening, you feel that same special feeling too. So I can't thank you enough uh, for listening and uh, for all the support. Um, there have been a lot of really kind words sent our way here uh, with the launch of I Love Muzzleloading this year. And I can't thank all of you enough um, for your sharing your passion with me here uh, about the world of muzzleloading. Whether you're into hunting, you're into building, you're into the artistry of them, you're into the modern stuff. Uh, you know, I really appreciate all the passion that I see out there with muzzleloading. I'm Ethan. I love muzzleloading. If you want to learn about this or anything else related to muzzleloading, please visit ilovemuzzleloading.com. Thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you next time. In business, you rarely hear the expression for life. You make a purchase for a product, for a service, and, and there's, a, there's a time frame there. Well, that's not the case with Awaken 180 Weight Loss. Allow me to explain. You know, a year ago, I started with Awaken 180 weight loss and had incredible success losing weight. But you can lose all the weight in the world and not keep it off. And what good is it? That's why I have support for life from Awaken 180. Yeah. I mean, I go back for check-ins and make sure everything's going smoothly. But if I ever had a problem, the counselors are there to get me back on track. Why don't you do what I did and call for a consultation? 844-346-1800. 844-346-1800. Or go to awaken180weightloss.com.